This is Work of the Beat. We're back. Monday, March 9th, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us here on a on a Monday in a busy time of the year. You know, we go from nothing in February to suddenly everything gets going. Uh, and we have a jam-packed show. It's a it's a rare show. We're going to have two guests on. One is Mr. Brackett. So this is his week, the shine. It's Joe Lenardi from ESPN. There wasn't a Bracketology before, Joe. Think about that. That's true. Now people just you and, know, take and, it for granted, and, and other people have them uh-huh. as well. Jerry Palm is one who I, has I, them. I, I like Jerry, but Joe to me is... Joe is, is the, the OG. He's the guy. And, and him and Jerry don't always agree, which is fine. They shouldn't always agree. Um... Whenever I had a question, every time I would see him, I missed these little. I'd say, "So, so where's Temple at?" Because that's you know when I was covering. I, I know where Mike. Temple's at now. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's gonna be a gonna be a quiet March. Maybe Penn can get on a run this weekend uh, in the Ivies, tough. but that's gonna be tough. But they got in, which but, I think was important. We'll ask about where Villanova goes. We'll ask about the changing one line. Dayton goes on the one line today. And, Joe's picks as San Diego's were, yeah, state comes out. Now the question becomes if Dayton doesn't win the A-10. The A-10, do they stay on the one? But if like if they get to the final and lose, and I don't even I, know. I the think they have to This is my my fault. I don't pay enough attention to the Atlantic 10, which is bad for me. Because awesome. St. Joe and LaSalle just give me not a lot of reason to. Who else is really good in the A-10? Like who could knock them off? I, I think the off. A-10 is a one-bid league right now. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my goodness! In fact, I'm looking at the rundown. He does not have Richmond. I think was like Richmond's the four first out, four out, first four out. Yeah, Xavier, Wichita State, Memphis. That's, that's Mooney's team, right? Yeah. And next four out, Mississippi. Well, Wichita State's not them. They're, no, they're no, no. I'm just league. looking at oh, okay. the four. So that's so 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 if Dayton wins the league, beats Richmond in the final, maybe Richmond gets in. Maybe that's it. That's it. God, Kevin, I remember when I covered yeah. the A10 back in the day. Remember they got five one year. Oh, I know. Well, first of all, yeah, Temple was always good. West Virginia, way back when, was good. Ma- UMass was good. Then, well, UMass was better than good. They, right. I mean, for four or five years there, UMass was all. But other teams, St. Joe had their moments. George Washington with yes. uh, Mike Jarvis. Yeah. But, you know, St. Joe had a couple, you know, obviously the team in, you know, the 97 team right. and the 2004 team. Um, and Rhode Island had their moments. You yeah. know, Rhode Island was in a final eight one year and should have beaten Stanford. <laughs> with... Oh, Lamar, right? No, Odom. well, Lamar Odom was at Katino Mobley from Cardinal Doherty was there too. I just re- yeah, you're right. I I just remember Odom. Lamar Odom was there too. Made the shot to beat Temple in the A10 final, and of course Villanova is going to make the tournament. And more and more, sounding like they're going to stay east, not just in Albany, but maybe in the eastern bracket, according to Joe. I, see, I don't think that matters. I want to see them. In Guess the, where we'll put them? New York, New York. If they well, if they got to win two games, which right. they don't always do. Right. Um. I want to see them in the easiest bracket. Like I was looking at Joe's brackets the other day. I don't know if they've changed much. There oh, was one, one bra- today. There was one bracket. It was like like really hard. Like Duke, which one was Duke? Is Duke in? Uh, Duke is the three in the Midwest. Give me the one through through Kansas, fourth. Creighton, Duke, Wisconsin. That's a hard bracket, dude. Yeah, I mean, I know Duke isn't Duke. Creighton's good. Yeah. And Wisconsin's won like seven straight games. Yeah. We've seen what Wisconsin can do in a tournament. Yeah. Um, like I looked at somebody the one he had Villanova in, I thought was was easier than that. Dayton, 
is the one in the East. Yeah. I'll take Kentucky Dayton. as the two in the East. Kentucky's good. I like Kentucky. Nova is the right. three. Maryland's the four. Yeah, Maryland's, Maryland's good. But I'm just saying. Here, I'll tell you, here's the trick game for, for Villanova. If they get to the second round, and presuming form holds, according to what Joe has, they will play Michigan. Yeah, they've played Michigan several times in the last few years. You know, and Michigan's beaten them. They've beaten Michigan. Michigan's not bad. No. But I'm saying is if you're that's a, that's a good three. But you're six Kansas matchup. and you're the number one seed in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very clear now they're the number one seed because yeah. Baylor's, Baylor's falling, falling back. And you get in your bracket Duke, Creighton, and, and, and Wisconsin. You want to talk about the wackiest bracket? You ready? The West. Well, you got Gonzaga. Gonzaga's one, San Diego State two. See, I would take that in, in I'm not sold on San Diego State. I never was. Seton Hall, three. Yeah, I don't know if Seton Hall's... Seton Hall and Nova are kind of the same, sort of. But detect the trend here. Two and three are falling. Yeah. Right now. Four is Louisville. Four is falling. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't know how they come up with that sometimes. Okay. Hold on. Wait. Five would be Ohio State. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, And six is Penn State. If I was villain, if I was Villanova, I I would rather be the three in the there. West. Yeah, yeah, I would too. But I think what they're trying to tell you is Dayton's the worst one, which is fine. Yeah, they probably are. Well, um, they are. They are the last one. We'll talk yeah. to Joe about all this. Yeah. In the South, we should point out Baylor, Florida State, Michigan State, mm-hmm. Oregon are the top four. Yeah. Auburn is Michigan a surprise. State's, Auburn Michigan's, is a surprise five. Yeah, Auburn's one of those fives that gets well, really. The four, yeah, they did. I think people forget that. They don't play well away from home. Now, no. they just torched Kentucky on the road, which that's a good sign. A un- and Bru- I'll tell you what, Bruce has played well against Kentucky the last couple of years. Yeah. I, Kentucky, now they have that situation with their point guard. Right. Who didn't play the other day for personal, right. whatever they were. I was starting to like Kentucky. I, I really still. was. Um, but, you know. Uh, I mean, Bill Self loses a lot. Right, he's going to be the favorite. I, I think Gonzaga is pretty good. Um, and what you just read to me, I you know, Creighton being a two is a little surprising to me. I but think, they've played really well the second half. We'll ask Joe where the Big East stands at this point. Could right. Nova vault to a two if they win the Big East tournament? Is Creighton locked in at kind of a two at this point? Well, if Nova them? beats Creighton in the tournament, Do they flip flop. You would think. I, I mean, I why not? But would it be fair, if you're Nova, is it fair then that you go play arguably the number one? Well. Are you better off as a three than you are as a two? I, I, I know what you're saying. Um, we'll, we'll get to all those. Didn't they three, wasn't it a three-way tie for the title? It was. Right, yeah. With okay. Cian Hall. And Cian Hall's right. falling back. So, well, because they, they lost to Nova no, and they lost and to Creighton. And they lost Creighton in the last yeah. couple weeks. Second, uh, at about the 35-minute mark, we'll have Dave Isaac on from the Courier Post. Uh, and the Gannett chain. going to tell us what we're going to talk about going. the red hot flyers who go for 10 in a row tomorrow night in Boston. Big week for them. They go to Tampa then on Thursday. Yeah. But so if they lose two, let's just say, or let's say they lose one, tie one and lose one. I don't know. Whatever. whatever. It, it, see, to me, these are two free games because they got to split. They got to lose sometime. Yeah. Okay. You can't just keep winning. And sometimes when you finally do lose, then you lose a couple. That's just the way sports kind of are. Carter Hart's twenty and two at home, or twenty two and two at home. Some and Brian Elliott's been great on the road. Brian Elliott's been been wonderful, but like I don't judge these. Like I know some people now are looking at, oh, we're really going to see what the Flyers. No, I've seen what the Flyers are. They beat the Caps. 
They beat they, the they, Penguins. They, they beat the Pens. No, I've seen what they are. If they don't win these games, because I know what's going to happen. If they, God forbid, win these next two, which I don't think they'll win, but even if they win one of them, like let's say Boston comes here and they and they beat Boston, because this streak all started when they beat it Boston. They yeah, beat it, beat Boston way back when. I, now people are just going to get, I mean, if they win these next two games, I guarantee you there won't be one person in Philadelphia who ain't saying they're winning the cup. And they might be right. But you know what? But you know what? They've Let's put the brakes on just a little bit. A little bit. How about they win a playoff series? Yeah. And then we'll, then we'll take it from there. So that is our agenda for today. Last portion of the show, we'll talk a little bit about my trip to Clearwater and everything going on. Um, maybe we get a fly, uh, sixer question in there, but I kind of doubt it because there's not much really to talk about. With Horrible them. loss Saturday night. That was bad. They're dog-like. They are. They, they, how can I put this? I know their three, the three players were out. I get it. I get that they're best two people. But it's Golden State. Eric Pascal's like, Eric, like, like, God bless him. He's playing well. I appreciate the fact that a Nova kid is playing well in the pros. Who had the two best players on the court? Sixers. Sixers. Still lost. And, and because Cork Moss can't play away from home, scores 30 at home. Um, you know, and Shake, you know, Shake was going to be, you know, the next great yeah. player. That's going. I, look, I understand they've got personnel issues. I'm not stupid. Right. But, man, they're, they're going to be the sixth seed, aren't they? Yeah. Or the fifth. Probably the sixth. And Boston's not playing well right now. Miami hasn't been playing well right now. I mean, if they had stayed good, which, of course, if their guys had stayed, yep. they might have been able to get that third seed. Yeah. You know, which I think... Might have made a little. Dirt. I don't know. And now, Craig, the Milwaukee guy, he's he's got a sprained knee, or whatever. And LeBron James is still the best player in basketball at 35 years old. I love Giannis. I love Kawhi. The best player was number 23 for the Lakers. Yeah, he and does. I said that before the season started. That he had a year of rest. He didn't play last year. Basically, there was no Olympics in the summer. There was none of that crap. And and boy, I didn't think so. But they look like they might be the best team. Yep. Long way to go. All right. So when we come back, Joe Lenardi talking college hoops as championship week gets underway. That's next here on Working the Beat. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way. This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Working the Beat podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Work of the Beat podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Work of the Beat podcast family. And joining us now, the man who lives for this week, I think. He uh, invented this week. He invented this week. He invented the bracketologist. He is Mr. Bracketology from ESPN. It's Joe and from St. Joseph's. It's Joe Lenardi. Joe, how are you? Fellas, it's great to uh, get a little taste of home. <laughs> so what is this week like for you? In, in a way, you know, it's, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. Okay. You know, kind of like getting on an airplane or waiting for Santa Claus or whatever. Like, 
like you do all this studying all year long and you think you know all the teams and you think you know all the answers and then all of a sudden the number of games declines dramatically you you're you're kind of like jet fueled by following all these games all around the country for all these weeks and you know tonight there might be Monday night of championship week, there might be a half dozen games that actually matter if that. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me, like it's almost like a nervous uh, energy because when the games are being played and you're, you're switching things up based upon the outcome, you're doing something as opposed to waiting. And I guess it's like waiting to get the test back from the professor uh, at this point, now, obviously things will heat up as we get toward the weekend and the big boy conferences get moving and there's there's more games again. But these few days in the first half of the week, uh, it's a little bit like the eye of the storm, I think. Joe, what is the, the hardest part? Because I'm assuming you've done a lot of your work before this. I mean, this week is sort of, you know, other than upsets that might knock teams out of an automatic bid or something like or an at-large bid. What is the hardest part of this week to you? Probably keeping up with, you know, beat writers from all around the country. Like, you know, Mike Kern would call with an annoying question. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You know, that he should already know the answer to, but needs a quote. Uh, No, (laughs) all kidding aside, all kidding aside, uh, those were the days, right? Beat writers. Oh, God. Yeah. What are they? They're endangered. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, yeah, don't get me started. That's another whole podcast. (laughs) I, I think it's probably the misunderstanding, Mike, that that people think it's my opinion if I take their team out or move them down or what have you. Yeah, it's personal. When, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like they think he doesn't like my team. Well, what I'm doing is I'm applying the same metric that the committee uses and trying to work along with them using the identical process that they use. So, you know, I might miss on a team or a seed, but it won't be because of my personal view of that team season. I mean, obviously there's a, there's a gray area there and it's hard not to have personal likes and dislikes, you know, when you know as many people in the sport as we all do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, uh, I'm most accurate when I kind of become like the robot Joe and just say, all right, what's the committee most likely to do in this situation? Uh, and, you know, that ticks a lot of people off. And, you know, I get called out and called names and whatnot. And the way I look at that is there's 353 teams, 68 spots which means at any given point in time, 285 schools are going to hate my gut, and there isn't anything I can do about that. It's just math. <laughs> Joe, has it changed much, like the RPI to what they use now, the net, and I don't even know how different they are, and I always thought that they were trying not – they didn't want you to be able to figure out what they were doing. And then Girardi would write a lot of times – 
how some years weren't the same as the year before. Like they might have changed the way. But do you find it different now, or is it the same pretty much process as it was six, seven, eight, nine years ago? I guess there's two answers. The the the, the answer to the RPI versus net is the net is very different. Uh, the, the the net is much more an attempt to measure how you're playing. Uh, using kind of advanced analytics of offensive and defensive efficiency based on the number of possessions in every game. Whereas the RPI was essentially a function of who you played, Mm -hmm. schedule strength, if you will, and your winning percentage against that schedule. Uh, Neither was without flaws or outliers. I think that has fewer outliers and the RPI is a better indication of team quality going forward if you're trying to, you know, predict games. Uh, but but in, in terms of, you know, what's different with the 10 people in the room, it's kind of like Congress, like about a third of them rotate off every year. So it, it's impossible to know from one year to the next what they're going to view as the most important factor that year. And it's also different from team to team and league to league. Like the, the, the bottom line is there are 10 human beings voting. And if three of us were on that committee, you know, Kevin, you might be an eye test guy and say, mm-hmm. Hey, I saw this team play eight times and they're really good or they're lazy or whatever. And Kern, you might go, you know, I'm a resume guy and they've got, you know, seven quad one wins and, and I might go, but the history of the committee says this is going to happen. And all of those people are voting. So you get kind of a blender of viewpoints. Right. Uh, so I don't think it's that they don't want people like us to figure it out. It's, they don't know what's going to come out of it because none of the, if, if I'm a voter, none of the other nine can see my screen. And what I'm voting for, just the totals go up on the board. So you can sit there anonymously and, 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 and pursue an agenda, I suppose, if you wish. Uh, but, but you still need to get 80% of the available votes in the room to put any team in. Uh, so, so that's where the debating occurs, like a jury, I guess, to try and get a consensus. Joe Lenardi of ESPN joins us here talking about the NCAA tournament bracket, which will come out on Sunday night. Joe's latest projection is up right now. And Joe, I'll talk about the one local that'll be in the field. You have Villanova right now as a three in the East. Um, you know, co-champions. Ben could be in the field. Well, okay. <laughs> in the Villanova, field right Getting now. back to Villanova. Yeah, Villanova. <laughs> what is, if Nova wins the Big East, can they in theory move to a two? Absolutely. Uh, You know, it might not be the two in the East, though. Right. And, you know, I can hear people in my ear, you know, like Joe Giuliano and Mike Kern saying, keeps in the East, keeps in the East, or send us to San Diego. Or, (laughs) you know, I guess that depends upon what year of newspapering we're talking about. Right. Uh, But, but, yeah, it's. You know, you could throw a blanket over those teams to tie the top of the Big East. I have Creighton as the two seed mm-hmm. because they're the they're the one seed in the Big East tournament. They they split with Villanova and swept Seton Hall, so 
you know, by a fingernail there, there in front. But I can tell you that if Villanova was a two, it would still be Albany right. in the first weekend, but they would be the two in the West, which is, uh, and, you know, that's probably, especially under current travel conditions, probably not something that anybody on the main line would want. Albany and Madison Square Garden seems like a pretty good bus trip. Although it's funny, every time they've been projected to go to the Garden by the committee, they, they've ended up losing on the first weekend the way things are going. So, uh, you know, they, they did that up in Buffalo a couple of years ago. They did it up in, oh, um, yeah. Every, yeah. But Joe, does it, if you could have, I mean, I mean, just from a basketball standpoint, I think they're overachieving their roster. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, yeah. by, by a, by a, by a pretty good margin of credit to Jay and, and what they've built. Uh, you know, I think that th- they're, they're of a mindset now as a program where they show up, they're Villanova mm-hmm. and they expect to win. And in most games, they're playing a team that goes, okay, that's Villanova. We expect to lose. Right. And, um, you know, that's, that's a pretty good way to make a living. I do like the, I do like the potential second round matchup you have right now today, which will be Villanova and Michigan. So we would get Martelli and Martelli and right one more time. So at least. Yeah, because, you know, Phil still doesn't get quoted enough. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Joe, isn't it more? Yeah, I mean, I haven't talked to him today. <laughs> Joe, isn't it? I, I know what you're saying about the travel, and, and I get all that. Um, And the year Villanova won the first time, you know, they wanted to be in Philadelphia and ended up in, in Louisville. But isn't it more about who you could play? Like Kevin was looking at some of the – the brackets before we had you on, and it was almost like Villanova could get penalized by being a two if you moved them where Creighton was. Which is if, if you're assuming Kansas is the number one seed in the tournament, um, but yeah. can't that happen sometimes where maybe you could move up a, a spot and but maybe not have it really help you, so to speak? Of course, and and you know we'll look at a certain region. And, you know, I can't post a bracket for more than 10 minutes without someone, you know, tweeting at me, oh, you put Duke in the easiest region again, right? (laughs) Because, you know, you guys know me. I'm lying awake at night thinking, I really want to throw Duke a bomb. (laughs) Yeah, but the good news is people Uh, are looking at you, though, and and so that's good. No, but what what they're doing is they're looking at the, the brand name. Yep. Right? They don't know how I or how the committee has those teams ranked one through 16 for the top four lines. Like they have rules on how balanced those groupings have to be mm-hmm. without putting teams from the same league and in, in, in the same region. Um, you know, let's say there were four big East teams seated one through four. So it turns out there's going to be three, but if there were four, they'd all have to be in four different regions. So they can't meet before the final four. There are a bunch of rules like that that makes the bracketing sometimes not a decision. Like you get to the third number three seed, let's say it's Seton Hall, and there's only one or two places they could go. Even if Albany or the East would make more sense, they can't go there because Villanova's there or a team that they played in the regular season is there like Michigan State or Maryland. So there's a number of these considerations that prevent matchmaking or the punishing or not punishing of a team. Now, as far as getting a better draw, 
you know, that's about the way you play, right? Right. Like, you know, maybe Villanova plays a team that, that's really good at taking away the three-pointer and doesn't have a lot of size, uh, but is fast. And maybe that's the wrong matchup for them this year. They have, like, athletic wings that can get out and, and, and close out. I, I'm just spitballing here. Right. Um, but but then you also never know, and Mike, you'll remember from from way way back in the day. So John Cheney went to the Elite Eight five times. Extraordinary, no matter how you slice. Right. Yep. Two of those times. Two of those times, the fifteen beat, beat the, two. the two. Yep. Right. Richmond and in Arizona, seven or a ten. Yep. And you know, look, they still had to win three games to get to the Elite Eight, and. I don't care who you're playing. It's a tournament game. It's a real game. Just mm-hmm. ask UMBC. Yeah. But, and Virginia. But, but you know, you don't know when those things are going to happen. My view at the time was that kind of made up for the fact all the other years where they always seemed to draw, like, the gorilla in the Elite Eight. Yep. You know, it was always Duke or Carolina or or. or Michigan with the fast Didn't they play all those teams? They played all those teams as, as a 6, 7, 10, and 11. Yeah, four yeah, the, four and, to five, you know. and they lost to ones. But, Joe, I think they're still, I'm pretty sure they're still the only team that ha- that's happened twice to. And it happened twice in three years. And at the time, there had only been three 15 teams right. that had ever won and had yeah. to play two of them. Or not play two of them, but be in the grouping, do you remember who the two fifteens were and who they beat? They were um, – Steve Nash was a freshman at Santa Clara, was the Correct. one. Beat Arizona. Rich beat Arizona with three pros on the team, and Arizona scored 25 straight points during the game, but they lost. That was loot. That was loot. And um, the other was Richmond. Beat the Syracuse. Or, yeah, it was Richmond. Beat yeah. Syracuse in, um, in 91. I want to say that was at Cole. At Cole. I, it yeah. was. Yes, it was. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think I was there for that. And Temple beat Purdue and then beat Richmond. Yep. Right. Je- and, and Temple was, was deadly in the, in, 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 against teams that, you know, were unfamiliar with the way they played. I saw that game like, like seven, eight times. Same game. Correct. <laughs> against, and, and against, the, against the fifth place team from the Big 12. Right. <laughs> and it didn't matter. They were going to win. It didn't matter, yeah. And the only they would eventually get knocked out when they played a team that just had such superior. Yeah. Joe, you like who they had to outscore. Right. Because they couldn't do that. Yeah. Joe, you made one switch. I'm sorry. I would say in my lifetime of covering college basketball, they were the most predictably good and predictable major program in the country. Like you almost always knew when they were going to win and you almost always knew when they were going to lose. And so he if, would probably take that as a comp. If I had been able to bet on those games, which of course I never would, and I'm, I'm not a big better anyway, I could have made a fortune because it literally was the same game like six out of eight years. You mean that year they played like a 10.30 in the morning game out in Boise? You guys knew that they were going to – who was it? Against, uh, Seton Hall? Like it was, no, they, they, lost the, the, they lost to Cincinnati in Boise. Yeah. Um, they, they played Cincinnati two years in a row. Oh, God, they played them like – Four out of five and years. And they changed the rule. Yeah. Yeah. But they played Missouri. I'll give you, I can give you a team. It was Missouri one year. It was Purdue one year. 
It was um, um, oh god, Texas. The one year had no. There was like there was like four or five or six of those teams, and they they just had Oklahoma one year. Yeah, you know? one year was Penn State. That's but that was in the Sweet, Sweet 16, Sixteen though. Yeah, that was in the regional. That right. was down in New well, Orleans, right? Kevin, that was in New Orleans. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, Joe, you made one switch today that I found interesting. San Diego State after they lost to Utah State's out of a one line. You put Dayton there. Is Dayton a one no matter what happens this week in the Atlantic 10, or do they have to hold on? And if they lose, who's the next person to step up since San Diego State's done in the regular season? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm, 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 my gut is telling me, my basketball gut is telling me that no one can now get to the top line. No one else. But my kind of, you know, major conference, political worry Kentucky says no Florida State oh okay wow okay as the the outright ACC winner and if they run the table but let's remember you know that Sunday A-10 championship game like these Sunday games as much as you know they get hyped they don't matter no right unless we're getting in or out I, I can give you countless examples where teams seed has has been off because you go well did they watch the game or yeah. not watch the game uh and the answer is no they probably didn't or it was just locked or what whatever and it usually it usually hurts more than it helps mm-hmm. like here you go the last time Penn made it yeah uh two years ago years, so they were the sixteen they played Kansas, the Ivy League championship game at noon, mm-hmm. and this was, you know, the NCAA has made a point of saying, you know, play that game at your own risk on a Sunday, right? Uh, and you know, they could easily make it Friday, Saturday if they wanted to. Uh, and and I forget who was playing. Was it Cornell? Or not, or not Cornell? Uh, uh, Harvard? Somebody that would have been. Somebody that would have been a 16 if they'd have got in. Right. So they basically, that because they didn't the bracket to make them a 15 or a 14 like they should have been. And I remember Steve Donahue called me and he said, did, did, did we get screwed? I said, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I remember, Joe, the, one, the, the year in 17 when Wisconsin was the eight that wound up beating Nova. And everybody agreed Wisconsin should have been like a six or a five, but they gave it to another Big Ten team because they didn't factor in what had happened the last weekend. Well, and dare I say, sometimes they just screw up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Sure. And sometimes I screw up. Uh, You you just, you you get a brain cramp or, or you get locked in on one way of thinking about a team and you miss something that's right in front of you. But, but that particular year, uh, that was the year in between their championships, right? right? Yeah, right. Where they lost like, in Buffalo. And as nice as I like, they just got it wrong. Yeah. Like, like they lost the other time in Buffalo to UConn back in. And UConn went and won it. Right. And, they, and they lost in Pittsburgh. <laughs> the NC State. Yeah, and I mean. And, and UConn had beaten St. Joe's and Villanova in that. Right. And, and UConn was a seven, won the national championship. So you're thinking, 
you know, it was it was the first year of the American. Yeah, and you guys and should have taken him out in the first game because you had him beat. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and they steamrolled everybody after that. Yes, they, they did. They had one hard game in the tournament. Yeah. Hey, Joe, the other local team or semi-local team is Penn State that's going to be in this for the first time in, in a while. And they haven't been playing real well. I know they had the kid that had the mono. He missed some games, came back, and now I think their center is hurt. Or What do you see from them? Because you, you had them as high, I think, as a four or something at one point. I think at one point, one, they might have even been a three yeah. for about a half out. Yeah. The week that they were ranked ninth, and that, you know, kind of was when they peaked. Uh, you, you know, right now they look like the kind of team – that's going to win one and then get knocked out. Yeah. If they that's win one. Matchup. Yeah. It, right. And then it's, you know, matchup, how you play that day. You know, it's so hard to, 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 to get your head around what it's like to be in a half empty stale building at two thirty on a Thursday in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Could, could, this year could be more stale this year with, if the, if the rumors are true about maybe closing the tournament down to fans, it could be real interesting. Yeah. We, you know, I'm just thankful that the bunker is uh, hermetically sealed. <laughs> as long as you got lots of Purell and toilet paper, apparently you're all going to be fine, you know, in the bunker. Well, I, I I, think our friends who make the beer are missing a great marketing opportunity. <laughs> they should say, carry a Corona in your pocket to ward it off. Uh, oh. All right, I got to ask you a last question. You got – you were talking about coaches that get – angry at you and and how often does it happen publicly like it did this weekend with Archie Moore uh it doesn't happen that publicly that often thankfully and uh, how awkward was that like for you in the old days and, and again in the old days it would be someone would give a quote in a game story yeah and maybe it would go around the internet as a print version but now I was doing the St. Joe LaSalle game on Saturday it, at, at on Hawk Hill and people start coming up to me, Archie Miller, Archie Miller. And I'm like, what, what, like, what about Archie Miller? <laughs> like, and who cares really about Archie Miller? Uh, apparently, uh, he was asked a leading question and then I had said something earlier in the week that maybe got under his skin. And Archie, oh, well. And Archie made a comment about something like he called the bracketology show the, the Sesame Street show, right? And the Sesame yeah, Street show. No, yeah. But he gave me the wrong character. I thought I was the cookie guy. <laughs> <laughs> have you talked to him since then? I have not. He has my number. I know. He, he, made, he made that clear that you and him have known each other for a while when he was back at Dayton. So, yeah. It, okay. it was it was petty on his part. Now I'll, you won't say it. I will. I thought I thought it was petty to take that. You know, and, and look, Phil Phil did it with it, Billy it Packer was. too. I mean, but, but here's another thing that I get: like most of these guys are crazy to begin with, <laughs> and their lives are dependent upon the actions of like unpredictable teenagers. Yeah, and you know. I'm not suggesting he's not well compensated at Indiana. It's still but a tough life. It, it is. It's a tough meat grinder to go through. It's a meat it's grinder, a especially in that league this year. Now, having said that, the smack in me wants to say, yo, Arch, I go to the tournament every year. <laughs> 
On that? That's not fair. Uh, and, and someday we'll have that conversation. Yeah, that's and not I'm fair. Uh, I'll ask you one final team uh, on on the benefit of Mr. Uh, McCaffrey, who's not here. Howard, if I and I was going to uh, get seated. I know they lost yesterday, but I, I, I think they're really dangerous be, be, because they can really score. They can do that. Look, yeah. we, we've covered it now. Now, I'm not sure they could guard Kern sometimes. They can. But, <laughs> but, but Kern's you know, quickness would be too much. Games, how many of these games are 70 to 70 with two minutes to go? Yeah, and they got the best player in the country, or one of them. And then they got the best player on the court, at yeah. least, who's basically a walking basket. Yeah. So I like them. But where they go? Where, where would they be seated? As Joe of about? now, you have them as a six in the uh, Midwest, uh, going to yeah, Greensboro. They're going to be in the six seven range. Okay, which is a good spot. Yep. And we'll get UCLA in the first round, according to Joe. So we'll see. Oh, they would like that. that. Yeah, that that would be a good matchup. And they would win. Then they, then they would get the Dukies at Greensboro. Shockingly, Duke will be in North Carolina. Just who I'll be rooting for today. I, I understand. Jack just wants to be able to drive. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, Joe. I appreciate it, man. Have a great week this week, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you down the line here. Take care, fellas. All right. Stay good, man. Joe Lenardi from ESPN, the bracketologist extraordinaire, um, who, uh, you know. You know his best line and all that? What? Sometimes they just get it wrong. It happens. And when it happens. Wisconsin was wrong two years ago. But still, Villanova should be able to beat them. Oh, sure. Oh, no. If you're the one seed. The one overall. If you're the one overall, you you should be able to win that game. But it was the opponent you didn't want. Big, experienced, uh, just not a great matchup. Let's be honest. The committee sometimes does it as like they throw a But there was another team in that year from the Big Ten. Because I remember Girardi telling me this. I can't remember who it was. Ohio State or Michigan. No, no, Michigan. Was it Purdue? Somebody got like a five or six. Yeah. And they said there's no way. It should have been like reversed. Okay. I I get it. And and you're not always going to get all 68. Well, you're not really getting 68, but you're getting. And remember, sometimes the committee picks stuff, and and you and I disagree, that they just pick it, you know, and you'll never be able to explain. And sometimes the line is so thin that there's really no. Because it always comes down to do you take the. Ninth best team from some mega conference yeah. that went nine and nine in the conference or eight and ten or whatever. Yep. Or do you take the second best team in, let's just say for sake of argument, the Atlantic Ten, where and the argument always is, well, if we put Ohio State in the Atlantic Ten, they'd go fifteen and one. If we put that team in and, and I understand the argument and, and it's it's an unanswerable argument. And Joe's point about getting to the Villanova thing and then we'll take a break before we bring Dave Isaac on. Uh Joe's point about Villanova, how it might be better for them, Albany, New York, given everything that's going on and, and, you know, all the fears of coronavirus and how the atmosphere in these games, travel's going to be down for a lot of teams going anywhere. If you compared being a three in the East, I think is better than being a two in the Midwest or a two. You know, what's better is if you win two games, which they've only done twice in the last 11 years. Now I'm just saying, that doesn't mean they're not going to win two this year, but I don't think kids. I think that's more of a question for administrators right. and stuff. I think if you're a kid, I mean, he's going to New York better. Sure, you just played the Big East tournament there. Of course, Jay would love to go to New York in a perfect world. Um, 
But if you have to get on a plane and, and go and, somewhere, you and, go. And our friend Dana O'Neill did a um, a good story here on the week. The The title of the headline was, Why Not Villanova? That in this year where everything appears to be this open, why not Villanova? See, I won't go there, though. And, and I understand. Yes, it is that kind of year. Why? Villanova's won it twice in three in three year period, and I think even that was even though the second team was probably better than the first team. Whatever. It's just because people now have that thing. Well, yeah, they won it twice. They may never win it again. Right. You know, Jake could coach there another twenty years. And, but and, I'm not defining it by why not win it. But, why not make a real? They can make a deep run. Well, they, they could they win two or three games. Sure, if you're a three seed, yes. You, you, yes, you should be able to get to the second weekend in theory. You know, are they going to get to the final four? I, I won't say they can't, but I think just don't they, make don't just, make people nervous. But there's here's the one problem with the premises: there might be ten or twelve teams like Villanova. True. So those ten or twelve teams are all or people that follow those teams can all say the same thing: like, like why not um, Kentucky? Why not um, Creighton? Why not Seton Hall? I mean, I you know. Um, and I think the fact that Villanova has shown it can do it gives you more. They're a name now. They're 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 Duke. They're Kentucky. They're North Carolina. That's how people should view them. Um, and I think what Joe said was interesting that he thinks they've kind of overachieved. Yeah. Given, I think they're a real good team, no doubt. Are they a great team? No. Could they be a great team next year? Especially if Bay comes back, which I don't think he's going to. But they could still be really good because they're going to have a lot of other guys back. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't. I think this tournament is so open because of the fact that the number one seed is a team that hasn't gotten it done so many times. Yeah. Baylor's falling off. Nobody really considers Gonzaga one of those kind of teams, even though I think now you've seen with San Diego State and Dayton are fighting for a while. And people are like, Dayton? Like, really? We talked about it earlier in the year. I thought Dayton was one of those teams that would make people... Make people sweat. But is it because they're dominating their league is what I'm saying. If you're going unbeaten in the in the Atlantic 10, you it's know, not if, you, the same. If, if you were in the Big 10, would you have four or five losses? I don't have the don't answer know. to that. Um, but in a year, that's why like, like nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, like Duke's going to be a three seed probably. Maybe yeah. if they win the ACC or a two. I, I don't know. Right. Duke, like nobody's really looking at Duke. No. I mean, because they haven't played real well lately. It's Duke. <laughs> I mean, Mike knows how to win those type of things. Yeah, that's why, like, we Cowboy, like Florida State. Nobody's really looking at Florida State. Like, oh, they're a two or they're a one. Leonard, Leonard. right? But they're a two or maybe a one. So it's that kind of. I think. I think the team. My I, think own, I think it's all about matchups. I think it's, the team I would pick right now to win it is Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga. I really like Gonzaga. But I'm telling you, I, if, now I don't know the situation with the Kentucky player. Like I said, I'm not. But I was liking them a lot and because I just thought they were coming on. They're not all freshmen like he's right. had recently. But you could make a case for so many teams. Yeah. If you went down that first, let's even go to the five line. You know, you were saying Auburn was a five. I don't think Auburn's getting back to the final four. But they were there last year. Yeah, yeah they're pretty good. Um, You can make, I'm trying to think of some of the other teams that are going to fall on that. Like, there's a lot of Big Ten teams that you're sitting there, okay, which one's going to, like, take it to that? You know, catch fire at the right time because that's right. what it's about. I mean, you've you've been there enough with Nova yeah. to know some some years we thought Nova was going to be great. Yeah. Next Monday we'll be here. We'll break down the bracket. Hoping to get a special guest uh, on the break down the bracket. Uh, Mr. Kern's old running mate. I'm hoping to to maybe talk talk to for. Yeah, he'll be getting ready to go somewhere. I guess. Yeah. 
I don't see any reason why Dick won't come on. Yeah, well, I just got to Give you some winners, give you some losers, give you, yep. you know. Hard right turn. Go from hardwood to ice. To Dave, line switch. Line switch. Dave Isaac joins us to talk Flyers nine in a row, and the Bruins coming to town tomorrow night. That's next here on Working the Beat. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way? This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Working the Beat podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Working the Beat podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Working the Beat podcast family. Line shifted here on Working the Beat. Just got done talking to Joe Lenardi about the NCAA tournament, which comes out this week, the bracket, and now the hottest team in town, which I'm sure everybody in September would have said. Would hottest have been, team in the world. Yeah, would have been the <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers, not, winners of nine in a row. They play the East leading Bruins on Tuesday night, and joining us now is from the uh, Courier Post and from Gannett, it's Dave Isaac. Dave, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. All right, so where did this change? Why are, why are they so much better now than they were even really around uh, around Christmas time? Uh, for one, coaching. I think Elaine Vino is probably, you know, as, as you go up and down the roster and talk about all the, the contributions they've gotten, I think the biggest one comes from behind the bench. Um, you, you referenced Christmas there. They had a really rough post-Christmas trip there. Uh, out west in California, and pretty much ever since then, they've they've kept the foot on the gas pedal. Obviously, they've won nine in a row now, so not all consecutively uh, since you know the, the turn of the the calendar pages. But uh, they're they're just getting it from from everywhere. Better goaltending, uh, more consistency up front, better better uh, defense, more continuity in their lines. Uh, they've they figured things out, and then they you know around the trade deadline get these two pickups. And Derek Grant and Nate Thompson, and Thompson's a fourth line guy. You're probably not going to see much of his name on the score sheet, but Derek Grant makes a, a you know instant impact. So uh, everything that this team touches turns to gold right now. Dave, the two games coming up, you know, and obviously they got to lose at some point. I mean, they're not going to win the rest of their games. But how do you view these games? Like people are looking at it as measuring sticks. I said no. The Flyers have already showed me what they are. They beat the Pens. They beat the Caps. They've you know, and not that I'm looking at these as free games because you obviously want to try to do your best. But if they've, God forbid, lost both of them, and but the games were close, I wouldn't get all upset. How do you, as the beat writer, view these games? Yeah, probably somewhere in between because you know, to your point, I think they're tied for first place in the division. Like the the, the bar is has changed here. It's not so much are the Flyers a playoff team. Now you look at games against Boston and Tampa Bay and say, well, how far can they go in the playoffs? Because they're going to have to run into those two teams at some point. Right. Uh, and, and those are really the, the only two teams, frankly, as, as I look at the Eastern Conference standings, that really scare me um, in terms of just how well these Flyers are playing. And, you know, you talk to a couple of the players, they've had these win streaks before. They won eight in a row last year. They were the first team in history to win 10 in a row and still not make the playoffs. And they said, yeah, but that was held together by, you know, uh, toothpicks, bubble gum, and hope. And, and this one seems a lot more legit. 
So to your point, Mike, I think, yeah, they're going to lose eventually, but watch how they, how they stack up against a Boston team, which they've beaten twice this year uh, and Tampa Bay team, which they've lost to twice, but one of them was an overtime and the other one was a, a one goal game in regulation. Like they're, they're kind of right there. So uh, to me, this says, you know, a single game is different than a seven game series, but it gives you a little look into a, a window there of, Hey, what would this look like uh, in rounds two or three? And Dave, I think one of the things, look, the Penguins have struggled and they're, they struggled this weekend. They looked awful this weekend against Washington. And I guess they played uh, Carolina yesterday and, and, got, and got outscored a yeah. ton. But, you know, you talk about the difference between one and two. If you're one, you're probably getting either the Islanders or the Hurricanes or something. If you're two, you're locked in pretty much to a series against the Penguins. And I'd still rather avoid Sidney Crosby and Malkin and all them if, if I had to. And I think that's why these these games coming up are going to be critical for the Flyers. I think they really do have to win the division if they're going to make a deep run. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Pittsburgh, you look at their, their long-term resume and you say that's a team that, as Matt Niskanen's put it this way against his old team, the, the Capitals, that they can kind of flip a switch. There, there aren't a lot of teams that can flip a switch, but he says the Capitals can flip a switch. Maybe Pittsburgh's the same way. Uh, Tampa Bay, you would have thought that last year, right, when they ran the table in the regular season yeah. and then promptly got swept in the first round. Well, so, they did flip a uh, switch. They just flipped it the other way. That's true. That's true. So you, you never quite know whether a team's capable of, of just putting it in overdrive, but – to your point, Kev, you look at what, what Pittsburgh's done recently and you say, mm, maybe that window's closing on them. Well, and, and the other point, too, is let the Caps and Pens kill each other in that first round. I mean, you know, that would be good, I think, for the yeah. Flyers with the way the NHL's scheduling or playoff schedule is made up where you play brackets because of your division. I think that would really help the Flyers going forward, but that's a long way away. Are, are, when you look, you mentioned Vigneault and, and comparing him I'll say to Dave Haxall, you want to throw Scott Gordon in at the end of last year. Um, is it just, it almost feels like he's up, he's really up front with them. And he was especially early in the season about roles and, and, and his level of expectations where Dave maybe wasn't that way. Is that fair to say or not? Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of communication between Dave Haxtell and and his players. Guys would end up, obviously being a healthy scratch from the morning skate because they were on later than everybody else and they'd come off the ice and you'd say, so why do you think this is happening? And you'd go, beats me. So <laughs> that's that's not really a good sign. Elaine Vino is definitely up front with his players and, and his resume is a lot different too. He's been to two Stanley Cup finals before. Uh, you put, I don't want to say put up with a lot more from a coach, but uh, you, you, you buy in a little bit more certainly. Right. And in the beginning of the season, when he's talking about players having money in the bank, uh, that was a metaphor, but most of them do have the most literal money in the bank too. And I think right. that the best example of all this is probably Jake Voracek uh, because he's got that, that really high cap hit and has been leaned on so much on this team over the years uh, and maybe wasn't that great out of the gates to start this season. Recently, he's absolutely on fire. He's got 10 assists in his last five games, but when, when you talk to him about money in the bank, he says that the real currency is ice time. And there was a week, week and a half there where he wasn't even on the power play, um, which would be a, a real shock when, when you see how, how successful uh, big picture the Flyers power play had been over the, you know, the, the, the time in which he's, he's been in the city. So uh, that was a real eye opener for everybody, for him, certainly. But it also kind of legitimizes Vino saying, if you're not going to 
you know, do what I ask. Right. You've got enough young talent here where you'll find your your rear end sitting on the bench and the kid will go play in your spot. And, and, and even Giroux. That's a real scare into players. He even called that Giroux a little bit. He wasn't going to bench Giroux, but he called that Giroux a little bit at, at one point because, you know, I remember in November or December, and you're saying now Giroux, you know, he had the two goals the other night against Buffalo in a game where they didn't look great for two periods. He kind of put him on their back. I mean, is this kind of the the effect of all this, or is it giving him to uh, Vigneault too much credit? No, I, th- I think it is to a certain extent. And you always hear about Clojure not being uh, a rah rah guy, a vocal leader. But apparently, this is where you know the, the veteran move is to go talk to the rookie. And and Joel Farabee let it slip that uh, in the second intermission, it was Voracek and Giroux who stood up and gave a little speech and said, uh, "We're playing a C game, a D game against this." you know, Buffalo Sabres team that belongs in the American league. Right. And we better turn it up now. And those were the the two players that uh, put the game on their backs, you know, in that third period and, and got them the win there. So that kind of legitimizes uh, Vino's strategy in my mind. Dave, you know, you've been, you've been around the team for a long time and, and for years it was always drew got criticized rightly or wrongly for not being the guy who could carry the team, you know, their best player, whatever, and probably didn't have enough around him. But what do you see in him this year that he doesn't have to be the man? He can, like Kevin said, he can be that guy sometimes when they need him. But just that now you have such a complete-looking team that he can just kind of be the senior kind of guy. But, you know, is he enjoying this, the fact that he doesn't maybe have to be the MVP of the league to to get this team to go far in the playoffs? You know, he's a guy that's so cliche-heavy, you don't really see <laughs> the true. pure emotion oh. in him, but... Every, every so often you, you can see, especially when things are going bad, the frustration in him. What he's enjoying right now is that this team is deep enough to be legitimate and not, uh, as one player said today, the 10-game the, the win streak that they had two years ago, they lucked into it because they were overtime wins and pucks right. off skates and things like that. He sees this as legitimate, so I think that's why he is enjoying it now. Uh, I agree with the assessment that there hasn't been enough around him in years past. Uh, you look at this team now, they're tied for first place, not just because they won't allow any goals, but they're, they don't have anybody in the top 25 in scoring. It's, it's not because they're, they're purely a defensive team. It's because they have balance, balance. now. Uh, and, and I think there's something to that, too. I think where, where Drew is concerned, there's so much less on his plate not being at center, which is where he had been for so long. And then whatever it was, two, three years ago, when they moved him to the wing and they kind of – revived his career a little bit. Uh, I think he's very much enjoying being on Sean Couturier's wing, uh, where he can take a face off probably more times than Couturier, but then can go back over to the wing. And there's a lot less tread on, on his tires because of that. So I think that's where you're seeing a payoff for, for Drew, who's now 32. Anecdotally, at least for us watching it on the outside, it looks like they're playing less dump and chase than they have in the past. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'd say that's another hallmark of Elaine Vino. He wants to carry the puck and because they're better, they're better carrying the puck now. They're better in their they're in the offensive zone, way better carrying the puck. Right, right. That's what I was going to say was that for the last several years, you've seen this this team try and fit square pegs to round holes, and now they finally got guys slotted properly. They can play that way uh, because they have the personnel to do it. So it's it's partly the coach and partly. Uh, Chuck Fletcher in actually putting the proper roster together that can pull something like that off. So yeah, they definitely are uh, 
uh, a little bit less of a, a dump and change team and, and more kind of carrying into the zone and, and have guys that can score off the rush, which is something that if you, if you saw it in seasons past, you, you blinked and said, wait a second, what happened there? I mean, that, that, that doesn't look like this team. Uh, now it does. Dave Isaac joins us from the Courier Post. Hey, Dave, uh, Carter Hart's obviously going to be a major focus when you get to April for this team. Kind of how do they manage his workload coming down the stretch here? And he's been really good at home, and his road numbers are not great, but he's played well on the road uh, the last couple times out. I mean, are they pretty confident their goaltender's peaking as we get towards uh, the playoffs? Yeah, I think think they have to find that balance where like they're in this new stratosphere of okay they're gonna make the playoffs now it's about seeding so you want to keep pushing you don't want to necessarily rest guys but you and and you want to see what what hard can do on the road a little bit more he, he won his last two games on the road um he had really two distinct stretches of the season where things were really bad on the road but you, you look at what have coming up Boston, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Edmonton, St. Louis, Dallas, all teams, playoff teams or teams that are right in the hunt there. So uh, I, I think that they, they want to try and find a little bit of a balance here. I don't know where Brian Elliott's going to uh, fit in. And it's not like he's played really poorly. You, you, you right. definitely want the kid rested for, for playoffs, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what that balance looks like. I think they have four back-to-backs left too. So those are four obvious games of the, whatever it is, uh, 13, 14 games that are left, but you'd think that they would give Elliott a little bit more than that. You mentioned the Blues, that they're going to play the Blues coming up here at home. Uh, I think it's what, mm-hmm. uh, St. Patrick's night or something. It's yep. next couple of weeks. Um, do they kind of have a vibe maybe St. Louis had towards the end of last year where they just were coming on like gangbusters and they opened all, they were a chic pick. The Blues were a chic pick at the end of last season. I know Jeremy Roenick picked them and, uh, to win the cup. Are they are the Flyers almost getting to that point? Uh, I think because of this win streak, they are now. St. Louis, as you'll remember, better was roster, in last place when right. they played the Flyers, which was the game that that started it for Jordan Bennington and and you know sparked that run. So I think that the Flyers might similarly be the trendy pick because of uh, this win streak. If they win again against Boston, then that'll pile on even more. I know some of these online predictors. I don't know what they're algorithms and formulas are but some of them have the flyers yeah. as the favorite right now and in, in that, that's that's so. a little broke but go ahead <laughs> I, yeah i think so too but yeah I, I think they are similarly kind of becoming that trendy pick now if they you know then lose two in a row after after winning nine then then we'll see what happens if, if uh you know the the voices that are the the national pundits and whatnot if that changes at all but uh, i i see some similarities in that they were they got hot at the right time, but also you look at that blues team last year and they were way too talented to be in the basement of the NHL. And this is a flyers team that if they make the playoffs, I don't want to say it's house money, but the expectations were just to get there. Um, and then at one point this division was on fire. Everybody was gangbusters. And it right. was like, man, could a team get a hundred points and miss that's never happened before. Now other teams have cooled off and that's not going to be the case, but uh, I, I think the, the you know, they, they, to answer your question, yeah, I think they, they will similarly be a, a trendy cup. I do think they have to win a round this year. I don't think, you know, if you lose in the first round, that would be a tough pill, of, pill for them to swallow, given that it's been since 12 since they won a round. Uh, yeah, and, and it would probably be, I mean, unless, look, they're tied with Washington, anything could happen. But if, if it is Pittsburgh, that would make it a little bit tougher yeah. because Pittsburgh has knocked them out in two of their last three trips to the playoffs. 
And the other one was was against Washington, which I believe they lost in six games in six teams. So. And, they, and they lost to New York in the one round, too. Right. The game right. seven game up there. Yeah. So, Dave, given the fact that it's Philadelphia and whatever happens, the team obviously next year will be the favorite to win the cup because we'll make them that or somebody. Will. But what would be a disappointment then? Other, you know, I mean, Kevin just sort of brought it up, but I get the feeling that people are so ratcheted up now that. And I get this goes back to talk radio, so maybe this isn't the right parameter, but people haven't been the cup, people haven't win the cup, whatever. What would be, you know, I'm okay if they win a round and, you know, play a good series in the second round, but that that's me. What, Go ask Mr. Embiid and Simmons how that works yeah, out. Yeah, well, town, that's, so. but, but, what, but what reasonably, like, I mean, let's say they did lose in the first round for, for whatever reason, a six, seven game series and Puck doesn't bounce their way. I mean, should we be like totally like distraught or. You know, De- depends on who they play and how they lose. If they get swept by oh, yeah. anybody, by the that, Carolina Hurricanes, yeah, it would that would hurt? But yeah. that ain't going to happen. <laughs> uh, probably not. This is a team that I don't think has been shut out more than once this year. Right, uh, tw- like twice, two times this year they've they've been shut out. So uh, I don't know. A disaster would be getting swept, um, getting in and and losing in the first round would be disappointing. And what if you won the first anything? round? What if you won the first round and lost to the Pens in five? Let's say, could that happen? I mean, could they? Could that be could, their second? Could we round? throw out like any more scenarios here for Tom? No, just I mean, because I don't. I mean, obviously, if they lose yeah, in the first round, we're all going to be you know. Because of the way that they've played against Pittsburgh, because it would be Pittsburgh regardless of what happened in the regular season. That would that would be a disappointment. Okay. Um, as much as Comcast would like having that playoff revenue from a first round, that would that would be disappointing. Yeah. Okay. And it's funny because, you know, and you and I, I think, talked about a couple of times I've been down there. That building for most of the year has been pretty dead. You know, they they had they took an attendance hit. You know, we've talked about they seem the merchandise that the, the mascot way more than the team itself. And now you're starting to see it's getting a little bit of life back, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, and you're seeing a lot less of the mascot, too, which like this is a team that didn't used to need that. And, and now finally, the team is more relevant than than gritty. And that that seems laughable, but it was oh. a real thing for several months and all of last year. It's unbelievable. Dave Isaac from the Courier Post. Check him out every day. Uh, check him out online. Uh, what's your Twitter handle, Dave? Again, uh, Dave G. Isaac. Uh, Dave G. Isaac. I hope you have a long run, pal. Yeah, you guys deserve it. It's been a <laughs> really. Couple, it's been a tough, tough couple of years there. Tough decade. Yeah, <laughs> pretty Hell much. With a couple of years. So, <laughs> Dave, appreciate it. We'll talk to you during the playoffs, hopefully. Sounds good. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Dave. Dave Isaac from the Courier Post. See, that's a conundrum now. It, it's, you know, like you said, is it, is it house money because you weren't supposed to do anything? Or now that you're doing something, I mean, they're one of the best five teams in the league probably right now. I, I think comfortably say that. Um, so why yeah, should they? St. Louis, right. Tampa, and Boston. But I'm always the cautious guy like, like because – it looks like they have a good team going forward that doesn't guarantee anything. They got the goaltender. Well, but they got a good team. The goaltender's fine. But how many times in the last two or three years did they score one goal? Or oh, God I, forbid, I know. now they score four goals almost like every game. But the goaltender gives you an added sense of confidence that does help them. Absolutely. I thought sometimes that they were pressing, Perhaps. They were pressing because they knew they had to throw four a night. 
And he's but he's got to show you he can win on the road. Which and he's got to win. And that's why winning. There's only a play at all. Like if it, let's say for sake of argument, they well, do injury, go injury. Obviously, no. Or, but do you think once the playoffs start, it's Carter Hart every I, night? I would think. Okay, it's I, not I, a I, bad, it's not a bad safety blanket to have. Elliott's played fairly well this year. Not he's not as good as Hart, but he hasn't yeah, been. Tell bad. me a team that's used to two goalies. The I, I agree with you. I mean, I, didn't the one team a few years ago didn't either. Pittsburgh or the Caps or something switched their goalie like after the series, first series. I I, I see a whole B came in, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, hey, look, people should be excited about the Flyers. But again, and it's uncharted territory. I mean, you get in, you got a lot of guys who maybe have never really been there before. We don't know, like you said, if you finish, if you win the division, it gives you probably a big advantage because yeah. you don't have to play maybe Washington and Pittsburgh. Yeah, you, um, can, you can play one, and that's And you're it. probably not going to have to play Boston and Tampa, are you? You only have to play one. Right. So, I mean, because I, I hear all these people saying Boston and Tampa, but, you know, you might only have to play one of them. Um, yeah, they, I mean, look. <laughs> I mean, I, what do you think the Vegas odds right now are? They're, are they the, who, who's the best team in the West? St. Louis. And is there anybody else that's really good out there? I remember you kept saying the, the West really wasn't. I bet you the Flyers are probably the fifth, fifth best odds to win the Cup. Um, they can't be much worse than that. As I look this up, I will. Maybe Washington or Pittsburgh is like about the I don't same think, with I them. Don't think the, I don't think Washington and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's really look like. But even despite what crap they've, the they've won cups, though, I mean, does that count? I don't know. You know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes the Patriots look like crap, and they're still like three to one because they're the Patriots. I, I don't, you know, I don't know how that works with hockey. I mean. I, you know, that's a good question. And there isn't anything that's happened with this team in the last six weeks that would make you feel bad. Oh, no. Which is scary in this town because that doesn't happen very often in this town. You would think. I mean, man, I can't find. But I remember like when the Sixers went on that long winning streak at the end of the season two years ago and they weren't playing good teams and Embiid was. Was out a lot, of, but everybody was like, "My God!" Like, what you know? Okay, well, what went wrong was you ran into the Boston Celtics in round two. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, if they played the Pens right now, they're they're favored, I guess, right? Because they'd have the home, they'd they have, have home ice. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, but to me, the Caps are still the Caps, and the Pens are still the Pens, even though they're not. And you have to go out and beat them. Um, and I'm not saying they can't. I'm just, I, I kind of. Take her, but you know, hey, enjoy the ride, man. You haven't had a ride in a long time, and even if the ride's a, a relatively short one, like if you're looking forward, and I know you don't want to let any season pass because you don't know how many right. ops you get at this, but they look like they have a fairly decent little right, team here we going go. forward. Boston's the favorite at uh, five and a half to one. Okay, uh, or plus five fifty. Uh, Tampa set plus seven fifty. Right. Uh, Colorado plus a thousand, along with Vegas. Okay. St. Louis plus eleven hundred, right? Caps plus eleven hundred. Mm-hmm. Penguins plus twelve. I told you that, that that's because they're they're named teams. Fly, Flyers, Flyers are plus fourteen hundred. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense to me. But uh, of all those teams, I mean, boy, Boston five. You can get five and a half on Boston. Yeah, that's not bad. But okay, so they're the seventh favorite. I think I think you named six yeah, teams. seven teams. Okay, yeah, yeah. From from what they were, in but December. the Flyers also were like forty to one at one point in yeah. now maybe not parks but at other places. I mean fourteen to one. I don't think they're going to win the cup, but fourteen to one. Drop a drop a ten on it. I mean who, not too bad. Who, 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 who like right now? Who I I don't follow the NHL as much as you do, 
But like, I mean, would you? I don't. Pick, I don't would you pick Colorado. one of the teams from the West only because they have to get through less to get to the final? Well, if you look at, they have Colorado, Vegas, and and St. Louis. Louis. I would pick St. Louis coming out of that group, right? I think Boston's better than anybody else in the East. A lot better than Tampa. Um, you know, it was funny. I was actually down in Tampa last week, and Bruins and the Lightning played on Tuesday night, and then they played again on Saturday night. They're going to play, I think, three or four times or in like the last six mm-hmm. weeks of the season. Uh, that'll be a good. That'll be a seven game series. And the Flyers, the, the goalie, Tampa's goalie, plays well against him, right? Yeah. I'm drawing a blank on the name, but. I mean, and I think people aren't betting, don't like Tampa because of what happened last year, and I understand that. And the Penguins, by the way, you know, everybody will focus on Crosby and, and Malkin and, you know, uh, Hornquist, I guess, is still there. Matt Murray's the guy who would scare the hell out of me because Matt Murray in the playoffs is a different animal than Matt Murray in the regular season, but that's hey, a whole different any of those teams you just mentioned. If I think they beat Washington. If the, if the goalie plays, you, you, you just starts playing like Ken Dryden, that's the team that you, I mean, we've seen that how many times in the NHL playoffs? They kept, they kept, they kept Ovechkin scoreless in four games. This yeah, year. that's unbelievable. You know the scary part, of that though, if you play him in a series, you're not going to keep him scoreless. You know, in and I think I don't know if if the Caps even scored a power play goal against them. No, I mean that's like they they and they muzzled them. They muzzled yeah, them. That's, on, that's you know. So I mean, it's going to. I mean, you, you, the, well, the Flyers, the, the Flyers that would likely have home ice advantage. Well, there's still time to play. No, I mean, but, there's 14 games. Right. They're tied. Well, That's why it's so critical for the Flyers to get home ice advantage. Right. But if they lose, like, if let's just say they lose these next two games, which I'm not saying they're going to, but then Washington would probably be ahead of them. I'm guessing Washington would win and, something. And, and by the way, this is why whenever I've talked about the NHL playoff system, I talk about how idiotic it is. Two best teams in the East right now, no doubt, right now, are Tampa and Boston. They will play each other in that round. It, it, why it makes ask why? no sense. It makes no sense. It's the sense. NHL, man. I never asked the NHL to make sense because I, you know, but it, it look, it's, it's, so, it's, 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 who would have thought four months ago? Oh, we'd be talking Flyers, Flyers, and the Sixers are almost irrelevant. People are starting not to care because you don't see Simmons no, coming and, back. And Beat will be back. But you don't see Simmons much. coming back. No, and no. they're not going to win the title without one of those two guys. They're not going to. You know, if one's out or the other's out, they ain't winning the title, I don't think. I think that's that would be a little stupid to think that. But, hey. Meanwhile, I was in Clearwater, saw a little bit of the Phillies down at a spring training. Three innings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's let's put it this way. Uh, well worth the 25 bucks. I, it was, uh, the one thing I learned down there, besides, you know, and I, I saw some games on television and all that. Um the sport has a problem with pace of game. It is in spring training. It is bad right now. Bad. It's baseball. That's why they're trying to do things like have the relief pitcher pitch the three. Where do you see that blow up in somebody's face? This oh, year when imagine a team losing a playoff game because of that. Somebody's going to. Yep. It, 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 see, my my theory with baseball is this: it's baseball. You either like it or you don't. I don't think if the commissioner the, does. The, the strategy is the strategy. That's what makes the game. If Girardi wants to bring somebody in to face one hitter, the loogie, he should be able to do that. And he should be able to do it three times in an inning if he wants to. And that's baseball. And people want to change like the way, you know, if the game's tied in the 10th inning, we're going to put a runner at second. Really? 
sports are too much gimmicks now. Yeah, I agree. And but you could make the argument that's why people now don't want to watch baseball. So you would be right in, but you know, and especially exhibition baseball. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, I mean, you go to you go to Clearwater, you enjoy the weather, you enjoy everything else, and it's just the one the the, the thing. Maybe because I'm getting to that age, I notice most of the people there it's over sixty, like over sixty five, well, especially at spring training. Especially now, it may get better this coming week because you're going to start having colleges right. on spring break if people are traveling. Yeah, but there's a lot of old people in Florida. Yeah. I mean it. You know, and, and baseball, I think, overall is an older person's sport. I mean, there's young people that get into But you remember all the excitement about going down to the to the, the, the ballpark. A, they were good. And B, there was it was like the place to be. Yeah. The place for a 25-year-old kid to be for like five years there. Mm-hmm. That's why they had like all those sellouts in a row. And then all of a sudden, when the team wasn't good, wasn't the place to be anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but... Look, uh, you know... And my feeling on the team itself is not really changed. I think that they're, you know, look, Bryce Harper in spring training is tearing the cover off the ball. D.D. Gregorius is not. He didn't have a hit coming into the day on Monday. Um, I don't care. But you don't really worry about that. And I I'll be honest, I'm more worried when a guy tears the cover off the ball the way Harper is right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all know the ball is, uh, the sport is so We secular. all know what the issues are. You know, is their pitching good enough? Ranger to- Suarez has pitched well enough to get the fifth spot. That's great. And, and I'll believe in Ranger Suarez when I believe Gives in Ranger Suarez. Gives him a lefty. Suarez. That's fine. It's all well and I'd good. rather see the Suarez fact, than the fact Velasquez that we're or Pavetta. Talking, but the fact that we're talking about Suarez is bad. It's just bad. That, I get it. The bullpen is still the bullpen. They really didn't do anything to the bullpen. Maybe Liriano will help them a little bit. I don't know. The fact that their left fielder, and I, he's going to miss the. I feared this. I he's going to miss part of the, uh, which the first probably month. means he might not be that good when he does come back, or he may get hurt again they because he's thirty some question. years old and they have a cent- So we know what their issues are. We know that Hoskins can't play like Hoskins did the second half of last season, or they got problems. You know what their strong points are? They got a really good catcher. They got a really good right fielder. They should have a fairly good second and shortstop combination. We think. Um, yeah, good Corey also hit it. They somewhere. should have two good starting pitchers at the top of their rotation. Uh, we think. We think the manager will make a, a difference. How much? Who knows? Um, and in a division, I mean, I still think they're going to win mid 80s. I'll go that far. Yeah, we'll have our official picks in a couple weeks. Yeah. But, I, but when I say mid 80s, that could mean anywhere from 82 to 88. I mean, you know how baseball works. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in the low end of that. I see. I'm. I'm. I'm surprisingly. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not. But I think. I think they could be a little better than most people. Well, think. they're way better managed. Yeah, but I just don't see them straddling the 500 line again, barring injuries that I'm not aware of. Um, you know, I just think they're going to be a little bit. Joe Girardi apparently, when he was with the Yankees, ten years. Yeah, they hit the over. Nine, nine times, which is hard to do when you're and Yankees. The, and the tenth was the year that they traded everybody, and they had and they didn't it, care, and they had injuries. Yeah. But I'm saying the Yankees, the number is always higher anyway. Yeah, usually it is. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving Joe Girardi too much credit, and and I just kind of think that uh, you know they're they're going to be at least we're going to be talking about them like yeah. in September, and not in a negative way. Like we kind of were the last couple of Septembers. So I don't know. So 
But as always, Clearwater's nice. I mean, if you have not been down there, maybe this is not the year to go, but plan for next year, yeah. it is. How about that? It, uh, I'll tell you what, and I'm not making light of it. It's a serious issue, uh, but the panic, there were two cases found in, in Florida, not even in like in uh, Hill, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the county. Um, Pinellas? Pinellas and Hillsborough is the other one. Right. I think there was one in Hillsborough. Right. Just, oh my goodness. You know, Ron DeSantis is the governor down there. He's on every day, you know. Look just, at what happened around here, Kevin. Yeah. It's, here's the problem. It's the unknown. Everybody keeps telling me, well, the flu's worse. But we know what the flu is. We we know, here's the flu. Here's how we treat it. Yeah, it's going to kill people, whatever. Elderly, you know, I'm in the bad group, I guess. A, a 62-year-old diabetic. But, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we one person at, like, a school out on the main line came in contact with something, they closed the school. Is that panicking or or is it prudent reaction? Oh, I, agree. I don't have I'm an not, answer. I'm not saying that, but it's yeah. but that's like, the, like like let me give you an example. Okay. So I'm at the ballpark on Wednesday. Okay. And there's a security guard there. Mm-hmm. Okay. A, an older gentleman. Okay. As most of the people at Bray uh, could be me in five years. Oh, I hope it's me in five years. Um working and he has a full surgical mask on. Which, and whether supposedly, he, which supposedly doesn't really do anything. Right. Whether you're designed, whether he designed, he, he didn't des- put it on saying, I'm going to scare everybody today. Mm-hmm. But when you see that, it makes you uncomfortable. Kevin, we live in a world where they're talking about not having spectators at the in buildings for major events. And you're worried about a security guard. No, no, but it no, no. shows you. But you're trying. I think what you're trying to say is he he's like overreacting. Well, if he's overreacting, what is the NBA doing or what is the NCAA tournament doing? And here's the problem: Let's say they do let people into the buildings and somebody gets sick, and somebody gets sick, and it's a it's a real fine balance. You and I can't envision them playing NCAA games with nobody in the building. But if you did, that's reserved for the NIT. But if you do, and Somebody gets it. No, you're right. How do you answer them? And then at what point do you stop? Like, I think there's this hope that the warm weather might maybe curtail it. But nobody knows. But what if we're here in the middle of June and the NBA finals are going on? Or the Phillies are just playing a game in South Philly. And somebody says, you know what? We've had, by that point, let's say, 300 confirmed cases in Philadelphia. I don't have an answer. And, Sal- and Sally Jenkins brought up a good point because, you know, obviously the Olympics has come up because it's in Tokyo this year. And she referred to the Olympics as a giant Petri dish of anything at any time whenever you go over there. Because you have people coming from everywhere. everywhere. And it's such a closed-in environment where you're on tape of uh, you're on top of each other constantly. Or do you have Olympics and not let people into the venue? Like, And, and it's funny because the Phillies put out an announcement on uh, Sunday. So I was coming home. I think it was Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, maybe it was Saturday. Of no, yeah, like changing the autographs where they're having pre-signed balls sure. and, and, and There should cards. be no contact. Right. Right. That no, sense, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, for people, oh, you that, that's part of the beauty of spring training and all that. You know, to be honest, that's one of the things of spring training that drives me nuts anymore is you have these 55-year-old guys standing down the the line with their big bag of merchandise and, and, and like elbowing little kids. Now I think it gets well, I would hit those people. And I would say one thing, you can get one thing autographed. If you have 10 things in that bag, 
one, but the problem is, Kevin, nobody cares about something like the coronavirus until it hits you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, it's over in Italy? Okay, well, it's in Italy. Oh, it's in China? And and then as soon as it's like, oh, my God, they got a case in Bucks County? Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's like, it's like you know what's a funny thing? Not funny thing. I don't mean it that way. When we'll give out the... Um, the um, Tornado warnings. Yeah. And me and my wife will be watching. And one day we were watching. And say, well, was, you know, one's up in my... One day it was like Ben Salem. They, and I said to my wife, what do you think we should do? Like, should we... Go? I actually went down in my basement for about 45 minutes. And then I, I sat there and I go, you know, because those poor people in Nashville. Do you ever think they thought that would happen in Nashville? No. Never. So it was... The coronavirus is like, well, we're overreacting. We're, you know, I mean, my son said the same thing to me. He goes, Dad, I think... You know, okay, okay, but what happens if if in this preschool where your kids at, somebody gets gets diagnosed with it? Then then do you think it's a big deal? Uh, you know, it's and it seems absurd to close down. You know, Anthony had had, had this doctor on as his guest this week, and I thought he made the most sense of anybody I've heard. He goes, "Yes, you have to be aware that it's there. You have to do things, but you can't stop your life." I think one of the great things that might come of all this, and honestly, is no more handshakes. No more hugs. If I see you in the hallway, hey, Kevin, how you doing? And that, yeah, yeah. What, what's the first inclination? If you introduce me to somebody, I'm going to go over and shake their hand. Or if it's somebody you know, you're going to go over and give them a hug or whatever. No, maybe, maybe the way the Japanese do it, you know, you bow. Or so I don't know what you do. But I think it's going to re- force us to rethink maybe some of the little things that we take for granted. And it's the same thing like when the flu comes around. You know, I, I get a flu shot every year because yeah, I'm a same diabetic. Here. Same here. Um, and people die from the flu. I, I mean, let, let's face it. Lots of people die from the flu. And, so, and, and look, I mean, if you are, if you are not, I mean, most of the cases of uh, the fatalities have been of the elderly or the extreme. I'm elderly. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, I hear exactly what you're saying. Like elderly, uh, yeah, most of the cases in this country were at the one nursing home. Right. If if you have problems. Respiratory issues. But I am diabetic. They do list me as like a little more. One of those people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that means. But it's funny. Hey, just when, wash your hands, people. I mean, come when, on. When you're the older person, all of a sudden, though, like when, when they start saying yeah, it. I got to admit. And you're like, I'm like, I'm 46. Am I kind yeah, of entering that little more? I'm not in the best of shape. And, and and then the other thing is I don't think anybody's quite clear yet, like, exactly how it spreads. I I, I mean, I think they sort of have an idea, but they sort of don't. Yeah. And which is why they're quarantining all these people. Could you imagine if, I mean, these people, like, you're on a cruise boat? What are you? Well, and, and all of a sudden. Don't go on a cruise right now. Right, but you were on it. You didn't know, whatever. Right. You're on the cruise, and now you're stuck there, like, in the Oakland Harbor or something for 40 days. I mean, I was on a I was on a train, and that's not exactly, I'm sure, the safest. I was thinking about the, the week of Easter, taking my wife somewhere. I started looking. Flights to Miami were, like, $100. Mm-hmm. Like, Wow. Maybe go to Florida. And I start thinking, I'm like, why would I book an, I'm supposed to go to Ireland in late July. I don't know what it's going to be like. In late, maybe by then they'll say you can't go. Or they'll say, no, it's, it's it's okay, go. But why would anybody, like if you didn't have to, my son for work now has to go to like LA next week for a couple of days. I'm like, geez, you know, you, you, but what's he supposed to do? They're going to go on, they were supposed to go to England and the Netherlands or somewhere over there, like in a couple months. And he's like, geez, I don't know if we're going to be able to go. But, and I know as disappointing it is when you have plans and you want to go places, 
The Florida Keys will be there next year. Yeah. Yeah, I might not be here next year, but they'll be here next year. Like, why would you say, yeah, come on, Gene. Come on, we're going to go, well, we're going to fly here. And, well, and, and I think the one thing, like, uh, I'll say this. We got one of the sleepers uh, on Amtrak, so we kind of were able to, I hate saying quarantine, that's not the right term. Right. Given what the term has been used. Sure. But we were able to stay separate. We were able not to, you know, it's although you don't know though because like somebody could have walked past your your birth or something i don't know well like, yeah if you have the door closed yeah but i'm just saying at some point you're going to come close to somebody yeah you are at a ballpark you're going to come close to something like well, hell i work now with i, I well, work now true. with, with kids i mean i mean this is the, the problem like yeah. i was i was saying this today at school i was saying to the one teacher i'm like uh, you know you almost hate saying it just odds are we're going to end up closed at some point for a day or two. Maybe. But, like, why would you close? Like, here's my thing. Like, let's say Ben For Sale. disinfection. Oh, oh, well, that's okay. That's the case. Fine. But, I mean, like, so these schools are closing for two or three days, and then they're going to reopen. Like, somebody said, well, the oh, f- you sterilize How it. can Philadelphia sterilize all of its schools? Well, some districts are going to take longer time because you. But Philadelphia has. But then the question becomes, how can you not do that? Like. You know, at some point you got to throw money out the window, and you just got to say we got to do this. Uh, what about like just public place? Like when the when you are scared, like mm-hmm. I'm not at that point yet. No. Maybe I'm stupid. I'm not scared to go up to my gym. Now I don't use a lot of the equipment. I w- kind of walk, but okay, I'm in a gym with. Yeah, people. by the way, people wipe down your equipment. Right, and I put the you know don't be the a jerk. hand sanitizer on all that kind of stuff. But, like, even if I just went up to Franklin Mills or something, or I went to McDonald's or something, I mean, at what point do you get scared to be around people? I I, I don't know. Again, until I get and it. You, and you hate to compare it to this, but it's almost a little bit like 9-11. At some point, you're going to have to say, I'm going I'm going to be prudent, but I'm not going to just sit around and... and I think let- 9-11 was different in, in that... But you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't right, live but, in fear. But you didn't think that a bomb was going to blow up every day. Or or it happened. Okay, you know it could happen again, but whatever. But this, you you don't know. You you can make a trip up to, let, let's say you went to a Rutgers game, and there's been cases up there, whatever. Right. You could be anywhere that you don't know about, and all of a sudden it comes out two days later. I, by the way, there was a guy with coronavirus uh, sitting in the same gym as Kevin or Mike. Well, okay. You know, like, then do I worry? Like, then do I go to my doctor and say, yeah, I don't know. It, it's- I, I will tell you right now, there's one person who's especially worried. And he's sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, look, fairly or not, you know my views. And I think he's handled some things in this wrong because he gets his facts wrong. But this is not his fault. No, it's not. Like, the stock market going goofy is not. And I know he's worried about that, which is why he's putting pence out in front of everything. But he's just, all he has to do is show the proper leadership. That's all he has to do. Instead of getting up there and telling me, we're going to have a vaccine in four months, and then the guy says, well, no, not, no, that's not right. We're going to have it in a year or so. Just get your, fa- and get up there and say, look, we're, we're in a bad, we're in this unknown situation, but he's afraid to do that. And he's trying to say, well, everything's going to be fine. It's like Kevin Bacon in that movie. Everything's going to be fine. Well, may- maybe it will be. May- maybe this will pass but you, I think you just have to at least let people know, hey, we could be in uncharted ground here. Yeah. We just have to be prudent about it. We have to be smart. Some people might get sick. Some people might pass. But we think we're doing the best that we can do in the United States. 
to handle that. That's all I'm asking of him. But and if people are going to vote for him or not vote for him because of this, I think that's wrong. I do too. Um, and and I'm not a Trump guy because let's be honest, the three candidates who are going to run who are out those the three men who are most likely to be president, all of them are north of seventy five. All I mean, and none of them is an expert on all this. Nobody's an expert. I don't know if the guys are just the CDC are experts on it. I mean, they, they come out and tell you that sort of, they say, Hey, we're, we're doing the best we can. But I mean, it's like, kind of like, I'll bring up an example. The way Bush handled Katrina. Yeah. Was not well. No. Now I'm not blaming him for Katrina, but he didn't, but he didn't. And I think some of the things Donald has done same way. And I think it's because it's 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 mm-hmm. a new, it, it's not totally his fault, no. but it's Donald trying to be Donald. Oh, everything's great. The United States is great. We're handling this great. Well, okay, maybe we are. But then the minute he says that, 200 cases come out in Maine or somewhere. And you know, can, just be honest with people. Can I lighten the mood? Sure. Before we go. Okay, so I had an awesome vacation. It was incredible. My stepson had a great time. It was. I've been disappointed if you hadn't. Yeah. Um. We actually went to uh, NASA on Friday night and uh, saw the SpaceX launch. Saw a live launch. Cape at, Kennedy? At Cape Kennedy. So you went to Daytona, like over on the west? On, on, the, on the east coast. On the east coast, right. Okay. Uh, saw a rocket launch at 11.50 at night. And, like, that's the picture at, at 11.50 at night. That's the picture from where we were standing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's I, like daylight. I saw one of them in, like, the late, like, 1997 or 98, but it was in daylight. It wasn't. At night, I was right. in a hotel in Daytona. It's and pretty cool. It's, yeah, they're, they're going to say, you see where they're looking for people now to go to... Um, That's all you. Like, I'm not, I don't have the... <laughs> you know, the first thing I said to my wife, I said, yeah, but apparently you have to have like 55 engineering degrees. Yeah. And you have to... But wouldn't that be pretty... They're looking for 24 people, I think. Yeah. Would, um, you, would you do that? No. Like, I, I don't get on an airplane now if I don't have to. <laughs> but for the opportunity to be no. like... A, no, okay. No. I'm not right. sure what I would do. And Mike knows the hotel I stayed at. It's the Marriott on Sankey. Yeah. So, nice spot. Right cool. up the block from Howard's old house, right? Yeah. Ryan Howard right up used that, to live right up, up the, the block, block, right? So on on a, on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, it is 4.30 in the morning when this comes over. Why don't I have sound? Oh, wait, here. Okay. Fire drill? There was a fire okay. in our hotel. What happens? And <laughs> so you're going to, you're going to, you know, all right. The hotel was not damaged. Okay. And it, it, orderly evacuation. Thanks to the Clearwater Fire Department for that. What caught on fire was a golf cart. The seat of a golf cart. The, the, the battery charging. Oh, the battery charging part. Okay. Right near the pool. Why didn't they just throw it in the pool? Should Somebody should just... And it would have been out. It, it had the weirdest smell I've ever... But have oh, you yeah. ever been in a hotel where that has... Taken- oh, I've gotten evacuated. Oh, yeah, a couple of times. Not happy about it. One time. Yeah, a couple of times. Like two in the morning. Remember when we were to... I think it was a PGA golf tournament or something. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah what? All had to go out into the parking lot for like a half hour until they 
determined what it was? It's life, man. Yeah. It was it was it was a first for me. I've had oh, okay. I've had false alarms. No. I've had where people have pulled the alarm no, and they I've come had, on and said, "No, nah, that's okay. It's a false." No, I've had them too. I but I, hey, if you travel enough, eventually oh, yeah. something like that's going to happen. As long as nobody got hurt, you go, you know, and it is Florida. So I mean, if you're going to get I mean, you don't want to be called out in Minneapolis in January. No. To go out to the parking lot um in your skivvies. Um yeah, hey, it's, you know, it's Florida. I'm out here. I'm, you know, it's it's seventy degrees out, sixty five degrees out, whatever the hell it was. Fi- final question: your your thoughts on hotels charging you to park? They all do. I mean, I don't know what you want me to. Yeah, you know, when we went to Chicago and this ten years ago, I think they were charging Joe twenty five dollars. Okay, New Orleans twenty years ago, they charged me where the Superdome was in that hotel. Yeah. It's like twenty five bucks. I mean, what? Well, that's in the middle of a downtown. But they do because they can. Yeah. I mean, when we went to Hawaii, the the place we stayed, they charged like thirty bucks a night to park. Now they they lumped it in with something. They said it was part of your uh, resort fee. Yeah. Yeah. How much did they charge you? Twenty. They they would probably with, with nothing like there's no gate you have just to, to park pay, just to pay like there's no security or anything. So what happens if you told me you didn't have a car? Just curious. So, I hey, I Ubered over from the airport. Did they give you a thing to put in your car? They gave you a tag. Tag, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I wish. But I, nobody ever checked. Yeah, well, you don't know if they checked. Somebody might have been checking when, like, when you know, at two in the drives morning. Drives me nuts, though. Drives me nuts. Kevin, it drives me nuts. But, I mean, it, it's, you go up, to, you know what New York's like. Well, but. Then, it doesn't matter. The real estate does matter. It doesn't matter to them. They're a hotel. You're parking at their hotel. You're their guest. I agree with you. They shouldn't. But they can, and they probably make an extra, I don't know what, 400 cars or 20 bucks a pop. You do the math, and they figure that they, you mm-hmm. know, and, and what's your alternative? You going to park on the street? Yeah, that's true. I mean, there is no parking on the street. It bothers me to no end when people do that in exactly the same situations that you're talking about. Um, I, <laughs> So how did you spend last week? What did I do last week? Eh, just a usual week, you know. Uh, saw my grand, did I say, yeah, I saw my grandson. They, they, my wife was sick for a while, but that was the week before that. Yeah, just it was boring because I did two nights a week. You know, I had to make dinner two nights because I wasn't here with you. So that was kind of you know, I was a thin line. I was walking between too much to do and not enough to do. Mm-hmm. And I and then I actually had a pretty good weekend with my picks on Better's Insider. Which is amazing when I do that. I kind of, the one that I went like six for six. Hey, and now it's getting into the busy season because, and now you're dealing with teams that you haven't seen. You know, this, this is a hard part here because it's like, you know, this well, is cream for the what finals. Do you, what do you think of Utah State? I don't know. Like, what do I think about Utah State? You know, and, and there's going to be 20 of those teams, mm-hmm. they're going to be in the tournament, and all of a sudden you got to be like the expert. I might do what Boop does this year. Bets every nine through sixteen on the money line, the first two days, and he says, "Hey, if I hit seven or eight of them, which you probably will, you're probably going to break even or maybe win a little. And if God forbid one of the fifteens wins or one of the, you know, you're gonna you're gonna win yeah. big, and you're probably not going to lose money because on the money line you know that from I do from s- nine to sixteen, how many would you say?" Out of those 32 teams, 34 teams? No. 
32 teams, right? Yeah. I do think this is the year. You know, we had a 16 beat a one a couple years ago. I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. I could see two 15s happening. Maybe one or two of them. Depends who the twos and the 15s are. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we talk about how open the tournament is. It's but See, I, I get leery about that. Because as soon as people tell me that, then there'll be chalk. It'll be or or a lot of chalk. Like that's why I think, like, and I again, I haven't seen any brackets. I don't know, but I think Gonzaga is decent. And in a year where there's no great teams, though, that also means your four fives and sixes might not be as good yeah. as normal four fives and sixes. But Boop's theory, I think, is pretty good. That nines are going to beat eights, tens are going to beat sevens, elevens. You just don't know how many, yeah. but you know there's going to be some. And if I mean, what would a money line be like on a normal like eleven? Six, I couldn't tell you. But it's probably got to be two to one. Yeah, you would think. I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, all right. All right so our schedule for the rest of the week. We're here on Thursday. Um, I don't know what we'll talk about. You know, we talked Flyers. We talked the NCAA's today. I'm sure we'll get into more college basketball as championship weekend. Villanova plays that day. Villanova plays at night. That that night. night that's oh, that's right. See how lucky they're we got. Seven o'clock. Yeah, but at least they're not the three. They're not. The three would make them a nine thirty. That's that's Oof. the one we always never wanted. Uh, Flyers will be in Tampa that night. That night, maybe we try to get somebody from from Clearwater. Um, maybe one of the boys, uh, from down there. Or we just talk. Or we just talk. We just talk. And then Monday we'll break down the brackets for you next. Hopefully week. Hopefully we'll get Mr. Girardi on. And he can give us some of his insights. On an interesting, it's going to be an interesting year. It really is, and I, I just know I'm not going to pick Kansas, oh. just because. But it's that's Bill not Self. saying they can't win. No, they, I mean they're really good um, until proven otherwise. I'm I was not picking Bill I Self. I was really high on Baylor, and, and I, I think you, I think I think they've come back to earth a little bit. But they're still good. They're good, but they're um, not. I can't pick Dayton. I, I just can't. I, I mean, I, I can pick Dayton to go to the Final Four, maybe. But he, but it's just Obi Toppin is good. That's fine. And now they're going to play like real teams. And I'm not saying they can't beat real teams. They played some real teams in December. Uh, the 10 line one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was never high on San Diego State. So I'm looking more towards, and maybe this is wrong, like the Dukes and Kentuckys of the world that are kind of. And also the Michigan State. The Michigan, Michigan States, States who are surging now. How about right a Maryland? No. But they're pretty. They have them as a four. They're pretty good four. I mean, I'm just saying. What uh, have we talked about, though? They're a, they've been very lucky. Well, they just beat somebody by like thirteen at home. They beat. I mean, what I'm saying is, yes, maybe they have been lucky, but they're a pretty good team. Yeah, I'm not saying you know they got Creighton as a two and Villanova and Seton Hall as a three. I'm not sure Maryland's not as good as those teams. The problem is Maryland's going to have to play a one, maybe, in the um, third round, which makes your life more difficult. But um, yeah, who should we get on next week? Dunf. Dunf won't tell you anything. Dunf would not be as insightful as you think. Dunf's great. You think Dunf's going to give you opinions about who's good and who's bad? Really? I think Dunf. It, I think it's also interesting to feel how Dunf's first year out of the game has been. I, I think you're, I think you're stretching. Okay. That, that, next week is not to ask Dunf about his first year out. After the tournament's over, you want to have Dunf on to talk about speedy, and talk about all that kind yeah, of stuff. I saw Speedy a couple uh, last week, or before I went away. Yeah, quite. Um, a, I mean, Speedy's career obviously came to an end. PWA playoffs going on right now. I still think Speedy should be in 
the Dick wrote a column, the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I know they tried to get him. I think Cheney wrote a letter. Yeah, a few years ago, and hey, maybe he'll never. I mean, his body of work, or maybe it's more to us. Maybe it's a Philadelphia thing. But Speedy's a treasure, man. It's. I mean, you think him, Herbie, awesome, Cheney, mm-hmm. Dumpf, that Jay will be on. Jay will, you know, will be part of that at some point. Um, I'm probably leaving some guys out that I shouldn't be leaving. Phil. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Phil maybe as much as some of those guys I just mentioned, right. but yes. But Phil has a place. Yes, he does. Oh, no, definitely. Plus, he was here before St. Joe's. He was, yeah. He's one of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Phil, I mean, Phil has a terrific record. People might not want to give him that. Some of them, I think Dumps is a little better, Um, even though Dumps didn't win in March. I, I, I get all that. I mean, hey, whatever. Um, You know, Um, but, Her, you know, Herbie, I mean, Herbie. What's he got? Eleven hundred wins. Yeah. I don't know. And 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 um, um, Speedy's got like eleven hundred wins if you count like everything he did. Yeah. You know, uh, just and you wonder who, like thirty years from now, somebody's doing this instead of us. Who's the people that they might be talking about? Because I don't know if you, I don't know if there's more of those people coming. Then it might be, you know. But who? Well, who like, stays, I don't. I don't. Who stays in the game for forty years? And is successful. Out of this group? Out of the group now. Like, like if, if you go, like, look at, like, some 30-year-old guy now or 40-year-old guy. I don't think. And project him ahead. Like, would you Why put, would you deal with it? For this no, I'm long? just saying, but these people might be the last of their oh, kind. Yeah. Jay, Jay is really the last of a kind in that sense. Like, do I see Ashley Howard being there? Ashley Howard might not be there two years from now. Yeah, no. And I hate to say that. I mean, no, he'll he'll be here because LaSalle, what, what's LaSalle going to do? But I mean, um, LaSalle will never Steve Donahue. I mean, I mean, think of the guys who are coaching now in Philadelphia. Aaron doesn't need it. Okay. High school guy and high school guys don't stay in it for 40 years like no. some of the guys when we covered did. Billy Fox and right. um, Buddy Gardler. Billy Fox. There's that's a couple of interesting names. Yeah, Fox and Gardler. There's, yeah. yeah. They were there for a long time. All right, sir. Appreciate it. We'll see you on Thursday. Thank you for joining us here as we get back rolling. Our thanks to Joe Lenardi and Dave Isaac. This has been Working the Beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your-